I'd like to welcome James Royer, Director of Digital Media and Strategy for the Kansas City Chiefs to the Sports Marketing Huddle. So James, as a kid, I loved the Nigerian nightmare Christian Okoye because he used to truck dudes. And shout out to the human pinball Dante Hall. And lastly, I currently have baseball card wallpaper behind me and on it is two Joe Montana, Joe Montana Chiefs cards. Well, thanks for uh, welcoming me to the show. Uh, great to be here. Um, I'm excited to talk to, uh, some sports with you. And you definitely know your uh, Chiefs history, which is important because that is one of our brand pillars is honoring our tradition. And uh, you've, you've got some of the great ones right there. Well, yeah. I mean, I could also throw a shout out to Barry Word, who had like the biggest shoulder pads in the history of the NFL. You looked at him, you're like, that guy is as big as a building. I think he, he may have added on maybe a 50 pounds just by the shoulder pads alone. So uh, uh, competitive advantage, you know, I think he might have learned that from some hockey goalies, you know, throughout the, throughout the history. Right. So the Chiefs ranked number one among all NFL teams in terms of Facebook engagement and number five in terms of Twitter engagement. What are some of your keys to success for delivering engagement? Well, I think it starts with really understanding our platforms, um, understanding the, how people utilize those platforms, and, and make sure we're delivering content that provides value. Um, we know we're going to market to them. We're, we're you know, we're going to use those opportunities to to do different things with branded concert, or branded sponsorships, and branded content, or we're going to sell tickets to them. But we want to earn the right. So we want to have really good content. And it's really understanding um, kind of the shifts that are taking place with. Um, you know, with Facebook specifically with, with video, and, and we increased our, our video uh, tremendously um, in terms of how we position that. And what we learned even through the process is um, it's not always about the content, but it's about distribution. When we're talking about distribution is how do we get that content out to the right audiences and how do we balance out site traffic, um, you know, which is still you know important to us, but also you know, utilizing the, the uh, impact and reach of, of Facebook and, and make sure that we're delivering things that, that are going to uh, resonate. Um, but it's, it, it's that distribution. Of, it, it almost goes to when you put, put content out is, is almost important as how, what the content you are putting out, meaning that there are times that in the evenings that where people are more, would be more engaged with that video content. Um, or a longer video or a longer article or some more you know, posts where they have to take time to read it, whereas they may not be as, as in tune to that during the workday. So understanding that user behavior a little bit, there's a lot of human psychology you know, behind how we approach our social in trying to understand how people are utilizing the platforms and how do we, how do we get in front of them. Well, I'm curious, uh, James, as far as, you know, you brought up video on Facebook and, and we know and what we see as well very consistently that, that video is becoming such a great storytelling piece, especially on Facebook, Instagram, et cetera. And it's only going to continue to go that way. What specifically are you seeing from a content perspective of video that your fans love and are engaging with? Well, it's that it really comes down to that first three seconds. How are you capturing them in that first three seconds? And you know, our, our video guys, we have, a, we have a great video production crew, crew here. I don't know if you guys are aware that we have a whole um, video group there actually under the name of 65 uh, Toss Power Trap pr Productions. So if you guys know your Chiefs history, you know that 65 Toss Power Trap was um, the winning play in Super Bowl IV. Um, they ran that play, and they actually that was the first Super Bowl they ever had a coach mic'd up. So we had our, our, our great coach, um, 
uh, calling that play out and saying, it's, it's going to work, boys, it's going to work. And, and, you know, that's, so we actually named our video production crew after that historic play. Um, but we have a, they, they are master storytellers and, and, and just do a great job. And so what we try to do is take their, their strength into our, into our platforms. And we talk a lot about that human psychology element in that if you can get them that first few seconds, they're going to go much further in the video. Mm. So they potentially try to place something of action, something of value to you as a, as a, as a, as a viewer that's going to capture your attention and, and keep it. And I think that's one, one of the things we start with. So that's, that's a big part of it. And like I talk, talked about distribution as well. Um, when do you place it? When do you post it? Uh, we tend to not to post anything from a time period of 4.30 to 6.30 because that's a dead period as people are driving home. They're not interacting on social media when they're driving home. So we may wait until later to post it. So I think it's, it's kind of a, a lot of different elements that we look at. And we also look at how our posts are performing and what's resonating, what's not resonating. And you know, the other part of that is sometimes you try think new things. Um, if you look at Coca-Cola um, came out with a custom or a, their content plan and kind of their content mix a couple of years ago. And what they said was that 60% of what they do is the tried and true. We know it works. We know it's consistent. There's a 20% they try that's brand new and they just try things. And sometimes it works and they don't, but you try those things. And what you're trying to do is, and they have a guard 20% is like, yeah, that was, there was enough there that, you know, that we should look at how do we improve it? You know, how do we get things into that 60% we know are working? There are probably six or seven videos this year we did that, you know, did well over a million views, uh, are reaching over 5 million people um, that were just those kind of happy accidents where you kind of try something and like, wow, I can't believe that really worked. So it, it's a mix of what you're really trying to accomplish. And obviously live plays a factor in that, 360 videos play a factor in that. Um, so, you know, th that our ability in the, in the NFL policy to, to do live some live videos this year kind of greases the wheels when it comes to Facebook. Um, it gives you a greater reach, and it gets, makes that next post much more important because Facebook's rewarding that. So how do we tell those stories you know, in live video as well that's going to be that's going to resonate and, and be impactful? Well, what I like is that you know everything that you're saying is everything that we talk about and what we've seen uh, from the Chiefs is that you're trying every piece of the platform, and you're testing and you're optimizing and you're looking at what works both from an engagement perspective, from a data perspective. And I mean, that's really how this works from a social and digital perspective. And one of the is optimization. And one of the interesting things uh, to note is that over the first 11 weeks of the season, you guys were ranked 22nd in engagement on Instagram. But then over the last 11 weeks, you ranked 8th. Um, I'm very curious as to what changed on Instagram for you and what you guys noticed to increase that level of engagement and move up those ranks. Yeah, so I guess I'll you know, preface that a little bit by saying that we get a weekly report card from the NFL, say how we're, how we're performing against other, other NFL teams. Now, we don't necessarily always look outside of the NFL, but you know, we try to as well. But we really focus on how are we performing against our teams. We're in, we're in a competitive league, first and foremost. We want to win the field. We want to win in every aspect of, of the business as well. So... Uh, again, we don't have the audience size of the Dallas Cowboys. We don't have an audience size of, the, of a historical franchise like the Green Bay Packers or things of that nature. But what we have, we can win is engagement and getting the most out of our posts. And I think one of the challenges this year was the, the league stopped looking at just you know engagements overall, engagement rate as well. But how, what does engagements per fan look like? What does engagements per post look like? So we, it's, it's a dichotomy of all those elements. And basically, you have to post more often to get those other measures up. 
So we looked at that as well. But Facebook, Instagram specifically was a challenge for us because of the season. We could not optimize our content the right way to really resonate. <clears throat> so we, we made some strategic ch- changes. And some of those changes that we made were posting at evening, again, on, on, on Instagram was powerful for us. There are times, and I didn't, it probably happened maybe, um, maybe six or seven times throughout the course of the year, that we post the same video on Facebook that we posted on Instagram, and we get three times more views on Instagram than it would on Facebook. Um, and, and video views were, were very interesting, you know, that perspective. And we also looked at, you know, what are those just simple moments, simple shareable moments, and how do you frame those pictures? And we really looked at it analytically and saw that the pictures that performed best were the ones that were cropped from the waist up, showed the players showing some kind of emotion, and, and that seemed to resonate a lot better. The other thing that you'll see in a lot of studies that, that we kind of we worked through was hashtag usage and emoji use. Um, I, I read a report recently that emoji, the, the engagement rate when you use an emoji in the post is, is at 2 point, I want to say 2.2%. If you don't use it, the average rate is 1.7. This is across the industry, not just the NFL team. This is across the industry as a whole. So, again, having that little visual uh, in your post is tremendous. Having um, hashtag usage, um, so it's, it's reaching um, people outside of your audience because they're searching for that hashtag, um, is, is powerful. So in, in simple things like adding, you know, adding on um, you know, hashtagging birthday when we celebrate a player's birthday or hashtagging NFL or hashtagging certain other elements that are popular at that moment, that was a, a big, big change for us. I didn't know, um, some of you see, you see, look at the Facebook um, numbers and you say, okay, well, we have 1.5 million followers, you know, but who's really seeing our posts? And really it's about who's seeing your posts. How many people it's reaching? You might have a post that gets, you know, reaches 5 million people because your, your fans are, are sharing it and other people are seeing it, which is great. I didn't know if that was possible on Instagram. And I was, I was curious to say, hey, is that really possible to do that? And we had several posts that actually exceeded our audience. So we learned that by, because it's not really a shareable platform and, and that people don't share it natively. Um, they might repost it, but I don't get credit for those reposts. But by very strategically placing it in, 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 th- in elements that have those kind of, um, that viral community to it, um, we were able to have posts that reached over, exceeded our audience size. So, James, how do you guys think about Snapchat? Because when we're talking about engagement, one thing that we've seen is, I'm not going to say a mass exodus, but I've seen a gigantic drop in the engagement level of Snapchat versus Instagram over the last few months. And with engagement and views being something that's very important to everybody, how are you guys approaching Snapchat as a platform? Well, I think I first and foremost, I look at the audience. So you get a lot of questions about, you know, is Snapchat taking away people from Instagram? I think there are two different audiences. Now, I don't have the numbers necessarily to back that up, um, but it looks like how they utilize the platform. And I think that one-to-one communication is still powerful within the Snapchat environment, whereas you're not going to have that as much in, in, in Instagram. So people are still looking for that piece of the puzzle. Um, but I think, you know, what we look at is they're, they're different platforms, but they're doing the same functions. But how do you tell those stories in that platform that resonate with that audience? Now, it just so happens that, you know, we have a strong Snapchat presence during our games um, through, um, through the NFL and how that works. And, and we were able to grow our audience. We were um, uh, in top five in growth uh, the last two months of the season because of various things we did very strategically with the league, how we placed our games, um, 
and how we contributed to the NFL's um, live stories that were that were placed in there, in addition to the NFL's um, Discover Channel as well. So I, we think there's still a platform for that. We still think there's a, a way to interact with that audience. Um, obviously, in the off season, we don't do as much because it's just it's kind of quiet, and you don't you don't want to I don't want to put things out unless it really offers value um, to them, and no one's sitting sitting around saying, well, you know, I haven't seen a Chiefs post today I'm what are they doing they're more hey once they're they'll, they'll interact with it whereas Instagram obviously I think has a little different audience and if you look at the numbers too um, Instagram has a strong international presence so how are you building your international audience um, when you look at that I think it's, it's basically 75% of people who access Instagram are outside the US um, on a grander scale so how do you really leverage that data and that insight to to um, understand how you're using utilizing the platform. Very fascinating, James. And um, my last question here is actually a question for the audience. I'm very curious because you obviously understand and you're doing an incredible job at optimizing your content across the different platforms and channels. What's your best advice for other teams, leagues, or even brands that are utilizing all these different social media channels to optimize their content and find what works? Well, I think you have to look at what you know where people are at. Um, and I think that really starts why we put so much emphasis on Facebook because that's still the most powerful platform. That gives us the greatest reach. That gives us the greatest amount of click-throughs to our website. That gives us the greatest amount of uh, impact and video views than anything we've, we've ever done. It, it's funny because when we, you know, when I came on board here about two years ago, um, the conversation was around, okay, let's put videos natively on Facebook. And, you know, you kind of get that look like, well, why would we do that necessarily? Well, I'm, I'm saying, well, if we, could, if we get 25,000 views on our website, our video website, well, we're, we're shutting the place down and celebrating. Um, you know, if we get 25,000 views on a, a, a video on Facebook, we've done something wrong. And, you know, it's, we're getting millions of views. So, again, telling that story and that platform is, is important because that still gives us the greatest reach. And we kind of look at, okay, what does Instagram do for us? How does that help support our business objectives? Same thing with Twitter. We kind of look at it differently and say, okay, Twitter is very much in the moment, breaking news. You're going to be there for that kind of thing. Um, but whereas, um, and you got to, there's a certain level of entertainment you got to have. It's, it's higher than, than in Facebook. And I would even say our tone and our copy is different uh, among platforms. Um, whereas Instagram is very brief. We try to be as brief as possible. Twitter, we're trying to be more informative or you know, entertaining, whereas Facebook is more informing. And I think those are different elements of how we approach those platforms. I think the big, biggest things you can go after, though, is, um, and I use this, it, it use this uh, um, acronym all the time, and I, um, it's actually uh, based on the book Groundswell, which was kind of a, a seminal book for really how the digital world um, operates. It was written about 10 years ago. Um, but they use an acronym called POST. So it's P-O-S-T, and it stands for People First, Objective Second, Strategy Third, and, and Technology or Tools Fourth. And if you're really focusing on who your audience is and who, who you're trying to reach and you look, look at those objectives, you can then see how the technology fits into supporting those, those initiatives. And that's, I think that's really how we, how we look at it. Well, awesome, James. We really appreciate the insight that you uh, dropped on us. Well, great. Thanks for, thanks for having me. And uh, I know you guys are doing great work there. So I know that you guys are talking to a lot of people and, and providing a lot of value to people. So I'm hoping that uh, um, I can contribute to that to some degree. 
Absolutely. I think you did. I think it was a really great insight to get your perspective on, on how you, you're being successful uh, at the Chiefs. And we, we really appreciate your time. And we'll definitely stay in touch uh, through next season. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. <laughs>